we bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you as humbled, humbled people. Father, in view of your mercy, in view of your grace, in view of all that you have given to us this day, we pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open, our ears as well. Lord, that we would be able to put aside everything that our brain wants to be thinking about or railing upon or hurt by. Lord, that we would be able to put all of those things aside and simply hear your word, mark it, and then turn around and do it. Father, create within us a boldness that the world would find unmistakable. In Jesus' name we pray. As we continue our sermon series and wrap up today, a boldness, being bold. We first looked at being bold in your invitations. Not only that you invite neighbors, co-workers, and those around you to be a part of your life, but that you invite the Almighty God into your life in such a way that you say, God, I want what you want for my life. And that's a bold invitation because, quite frankly, many of us are quite content with telling God, hey, if I just show up on Sunday, that's like good enough, right? But if we invite God into every nook and cranny of our life, that means he might mess some stuff up. It means that he might make us ask questions. It means that he might get into our business. Then we talked about absolutely being bold in our giving. That quite frankly, the church doesn't need uh, your money. But that being made in the image of God, which is what we're told in the book of Genesis from the very beginning, made in the image of God, we are made to be givers. That's our natural heart's inclination. And as you are being disciple, it means that as a disciple, you would grow in your giving. Last week, we discovered what it meant to be bold in prayer, is that God absolutely says you are righteous. I've made you that way. I expect bold things from you. I expect you to be on your knees. I'm not just praying for your wants, your needs, and your desires, but to be praying boldly for those people around you, that you would absolutely go all in with your prayers, interceding, prayers of healing, prayers that, that people around you, they know you're the prayer warrior because, as we discovered, this present darkness not going to go away. That there is spiritual warfare and the only correct battle implement that we honestly have is the gift of prayer. And today, being bold in our volunteering. Now here at Family of Christ, we make a distinction between volunteerism and service. What we say is that you have an obligation as a servant of God to serve in the community. That means on other boards, other, um, uh, volunteer, or other places for you to serve with your time, your talents, and your treasures. You, you may serve at the Y, or you may serve in other organizations. But here at Family of Christ, we just make a distinction. We expect you, one, to serve outside in our community, yes. But we also expect you to volunteer. And you say, well, well what... 10%, 10% of us need to volunteer. No, 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 no. No, no. This is 100% is our expectation. Is that you, if you have leadership qualities, you would volunteer in leadership when there is place and time. 
You say, well, but it's hard to be in leadership. It's difficult and challenging. Sometimes it's behind the scenes work and nobody appreciates what you do. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But again, the standard of why you volunteer or why you don't has nothing to do with whether you're liked or whether you're appreciated. It has to do with God saying, wait a minute, I have made the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is made up of many parts. And all of those parts are different. Do you understand that what God is actually doing is he is one of the most incredible people about utilizing the resources that he's created. You realize that? That what God basically does is says, I'm going to create diversity amongst people. And with that diversity, next slide, with that diversity, there are people that have to say, I'm all in. Because it takes a diverse group of people to say, hey, we can't all get it done. We can't expect pastor. We can't expect the staff. We can't expect the board of directors to do it. We can't expect ministry leaders to do it. We have to be all in. And all in means all in at all times. So yes, there's an expansion of expectation here at Family of Christ. And it falls on my head first and then goes out through our leadership. We've been okay with some of you volunteering. We've simply been okay with the same people who have a heart to serve God and said, well, we'll utilize them. And so they, they're in one or two or three or five or ten different things. No longer. Because we're burning people out. And as we continue to grow and as we prepare to launch two different worship facilities, we're going to do nothing but continue to grow. There's a challenge in parking. You know what? Yep, on a day like today when it is cold and snowy in May... I'm going to need somebody to stand out and help somebody find a parking spot. Because the lines are going to be difficult to see. It's going to happen in October. It's going to happen in December. It's going to happen in January and February. God, hopefully not in June and July. I get a little reprieve. But I need Sunday school teachers and I need Sunday night people. We've made a promise to raise up our children in the way that they should go. And you know what? I don't have enough volunteers. Quite frankly, I've got way too many of our members that are really comfortable in their homes on Sunday night. They've got skills, they've got ability, they have time, they choose to spend their time in other ways and other places. And the limits of our program are going to be continually diminished because we don't have the volunteers. Yes. I want you to go to Romans 12, and there I want you to hear this verse. In view of God's mercy, let us offer our bodies as living sacrifices. God isn't asking you to die. I mean, in, in a literal sense, you have the theologically, you've died to yourself. You've died to your own emotions. You've died to your own desires. And he says, now let me remake you. Let me mold you. And in view of his mercy, I mean, right? In view of how much God has done for you, in view of the fact that for eternity, you have nothing to worry about, in view of the fact that he is restoring broken relationships, marriages, that he is absolutely guarding and protecting people that should have died years ago because of cancer. This God, the one who is so merciful to us, who is so all-giving, says, now, I want you. <laughs> I want you to be all in. And we need you to be an active part here at church. Now, we are very careful about what we're asking here. If we ran ministries that were Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we would be teaching you the wrong thing about what it meant to be a part of the body of Christ. 
You have other vocations. Many of you have other jobs. Parenting is a, a, enough hours in the week, let alone going, you mean another volunteer? I mean, the school already requires that I'm a, a school mom, and then I'm a classroom mom, and then, I, then you've got the sports team, and I've got all, and there's so many things that I'm involved with, and I go, I know, I get it, and keep serving there. Keep being the hands and feet of Christ. Keep showing love and grace and peace and mercy there. But your church needs you. And so, yeah, mostly a lot of the things we, we need you on Sundays. And we're going to roll out over the next couple of months as we prepare to launch a new facility. There's, there's brand new jobs that are going to open up, brand new ways for you to volunteer. And some of you are going to be challenged because initially we're going to go, yep, we want you to volunteer on the first Sunday of the month, let's say. And you're going to go, okay, so you mean you want me to like volunteer at 930 and then I worship at 8? No, we want you to volunteer at 8 and at 930. Well, then when do I worship? Well, you worship while you're serving. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. I mean, I need my worship time. And we're going to go, no, die. Die to that desire. Volunteer the first Sunday of the month, and you get to worship second, third, and fourth Sundays. And I know that's going to blow some of your mind. You go, well, well, no, 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 no. That's not how I do it, you see. And I go, no, no, I know. But do you not understand that we're asking for you to be all in, to run the program Sunday mornings especially, and there's a few other programs we run throughout the week, and so you might say no to Sunday and, and volunteer on another night. That's fine. But I want you to understand, we need you all in. God is so incredible in the diversity that he has made here. I mean, go ahead, just look at the people to your left and to your right. Just go ahead, do that right now. And if they're looking the other way, look, wait till they look back at you. Okay? Okay? Diversity, old and young. Very experienced in volunteering, and some not much at all. Others of you, new to the faith, and others, been here for decades. Some of you feel like, well, there's no one like me. I mean, I, I'm down, I'm hurting. There's probably nobody here at this church that's like that. Because this church rock and everyone must be just doing awesome and doing great things. And I, I even feel bad sometimes for just sharing a prayer request because I feel like, well, you know, I just, I need some help. I need some encouragement. I need some bolstering. You know what? We all do. There's every single one of us that needs to be bolstered and encouraged. There's every single one of us that needs to be lifted up. And quite frankly, some of the times when you come to worship, it's not because God necessarily needs to hear you sing. I mean, there are some of you God does not <laughs> need to hear you sing. Luckily, right, in Scripture it says make a joyful noise. And you're like, all right, here I go. But in reality, the reason you're here is because somebody else needs to see that you're faithful to God's calling to volunteer. That no matter what the weather is like, you will drive through and worship. And that encourages the body of Christ. That encourages people. We have visitors all the time that come in and say, you know, I, I gotta tell you, your church just seems different. It's like people act like they want to be there. And I go, I know, praise be to God. Praise be to God that you want to be here. You are all valuable. In verse 14, I want you to hear these words. It's like, 14. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
If a foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Not all of you can sing. Not all of you can play an instrument. Not everyone can get up and speak or give an announcement. Not many of you can lead ministries or volunteers. Many of you, uh, the thought of standing and handing just a bulletin to somebody weirds you out. Just like, uh, uh, hi. Okay? I mean, it's just like, oh, can I just go in, sit down? Nobody notice me, notice me, talk to me. Can I just be left alone? No. No. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it means get out of your comfort zone, be uncomfortable, and be pushed. Because we need you. And if you ever had any doubt, pay attention to verse 18. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. You're here, not because your mama made you. You're here, not because your family worships you. I believe that the Lord God Almighty has placed his spirit in your heart, and he drives you here. And you may be here for a week or two. You may be here for a month. You may be here for a decade or two. I don't know how long you're here. It doesn't matter to me how long you're here. I trust the Holy Spirit to move you, to raise you up, and to disciple you. But you've got to be here so that we can do just that. And don't think for a minute that you aren't a part of the team. Don't think for a minute that you aren't valuable. Oh, I know how it goes. I do. Growing up, I was in track. Loved track. Those of you that know my personality, you're going, yeah, okay. See, I was a hurdler. Left alone. Got to practice on my own. Wasn't as fast as all of the sprinters. Definitely wasn't a middle distance runner or the long distance people who left and never came back, okay? <laughs> They just kept running all the time. Those people are silly. I'm a hurdler. I get to practice on my own. Then one day, coach comes in and says, Dyer, we need your speed. You've got great time out of the blocks. We want you to join the four-by-one relay team. And I said, team sport and track. Well, that's just silly. For those of you that have never had that joy, There's a baton. The team members are instructed to run the baton around the track in the four by one. The first person gets into the blocks. They get down in their stance. They have to pay attention. They're not just runners. They have to pay attention to the commands. They've got to pay attention to be able to burst out of the blocks. They've got to know their job. And it doesn't end there because once the gun goes off and you can't fall start, you fall start, your whole team is done. It's not just you that false started. Now you've got three other people on your team that are depending on you to start the race. The gun goes off and you start to head around the corner. And if you're a good, a good curve runner, man, you enjoy coming out of the blocks. It's like slingshot. And when you come around that side, you're getting ready to come down the backstretch. And there's number two. And number two's got to figure you out. You got to practice this because when you come out of the turn, number two has already got to be running. 
They gotta be moving down the track, but you gotta stay within the rules. You gotta stay within the boundaries. And when number two takes off, it can't take off too soon, he can't take off too late. If he takes off too late, number one runs right up on his backside and says, get a move on! And if number two takes out too fast, you'll hear number one, slow, slow. And if they mess it up, if they get out of the zone, they disqualify. Number one yells, stick. Number two places it in. Number one's throwing the hand back. They got to put the head down. They got to keep running as fast as they can. You got to grab the stick. They leave the stick. You don't be switching the stick around. You put the stick and you leave it in the hand. You put it in. You run down the back street. Now, I don't know if you were a number two runner, but let me just tell you that I know a lot of number two runners. Number two runners don't get jack crap for appreciation, okay? Because they didn't start off the thing. Right, and they're not bringing it home around to number four. Number two's just got to do their job. And it's on the back stretch, and nobody sits in the back stretch. And nobody notices the work of number two. And number two still has to run with all their guts. They still got to run into the zone, and number three's got to be ready. Number three's got to be looking, got to have make sure everything's ready to go. And as soon as number two hits the mark, number three's got to take off. And number three's got, got a hard thing. They got to run into the curve and out of the curve. And this is a special challenge, but if you're a good curve runner, man, you are suited for this part of the race. And number three takes off, and number two yells, stick! And number three throws their hand back. Number two puts it in there. And you take off and you're running again. And you got to hold on to this stupid baton. And you're popping yourself in the eye sometimes. And if you cross yourself, you're hitting something. And you can't let go of the baton. And number three charges into the curve and they come out. And again, if they're a great curve runner, man, you can see the momentum. And you're like, oh, they're going to eat them up. They're going to eat them up. And you watch number three come out of the curve. It's like literally they did. They, did. they came out of the slingshot. Number four. Number four gets all, is the glory hand, right? I mean, number four gets across the finish line. Everyone's like, whoa, look how fast number four was, right? Number three yells, stick. Number four throws the hand back. Number four takes the baton and brings it home. Number four does the job. Sometimes number four gets a lot of the glory, but let me tell you something about a good. A good four by one team. You see, when number one hands the baton to number two, a good team member, instead of standing in the lane, <laughs> Man, I really got a good start. I think I really did a good job. They will leave their lane and they will sprint a lot of times down to the exchange of three and four. They'll turn around and they'll, they'll run with number four. And number two's got a little bit of advantage. They're running down the back stretch. They hand it off to number three and they're probably not going to catch number three in the curve, but, but it's a shorter distance across the field, and a good team, number two, will sprint straight across the field and usually will be able to catch the exchange. And they're yelling for their teammates the whole time, go, 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 good, 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 you're looking good. And the best teams, number three, 
chase number four down the lane. And it's incredible, a good team will have all four runners near the finish line, having each done their part, having each been a part of the race, done the, what they were supposed to do, not worrying about what position they're not in, but running their race as God has placed them in that team. And let me tell you something. It is great and glorious to have that team run to perfection. There's pitfalls along the way. If you get a starter who's a glory hound, who will preen as soon as they're done, they won't be at the finish line. And if you get a number two runner that doesn't like being on the backstretch and feels like nobody knows them and nobody can see their face, they won't run very hard. And number three, if they're the kind of person that brings it in and goes, well, I, I'm the one that gave it to them in the lead, or man, I, we were behind and I'm the one that made up the distance. If there any kind of pride like that, I guarantee you there's no team. And especially if you get number four runner. And all you hear them do is complain. Well, if you'd have started out fast. Well, you guys bobbled the baton pass in, in number two. I, I saw number three. It was okay, but you could have been better. And man, the exchange between three and four. I mean, I was ready to take out, but you made me slow down because you didn't run in fast enough. Or worse, anywhere along the way, in an exchange between any of those teams, when anyone <laughs> drops the baton. be a lot of this usually. But a good team, a good teammate on that team will say, we, we didn't do well. And family of Christ, that's what we're called to do is to do this thing together. Because you see, when the hand isn't used, we hurt, we don't accomplish, and we're not how we're supposed to be. And if the foot doesn't do its foot job, if the pinky toe people don't do their job, the body of Christ fails. And that's not what we're called to do. Are you where you're supposed to be? My question for you this morning is, are you where you're supposed to be? We all impact the body. Sometimes for good, sometimes not so good. And there I want you to know that grace should abound. There it is, especially in when we do not do it well, when we have failed, when we have not stepped up. That's where grace should abound for each other in the body of Christ. And I pray that you understand that being a volunteer at Family of Christ is an honor. We will do our best to train you up. We will do our best to honor you. We will do our best to celebrate you. We will do our best to thank you. And sometimes we will fail. And what I need from you is grace for me 
Grace for our staff. Grace for our volunteer leaders. And grace for each other. Because the only way we do this is with each other. In your bulletin today, you, you got a card. In the back of that card, we listed eight areas that we need volunteers. It's not the only areas we need volunteers. And under, under each of those areas, there are two or three or five or ten different things that need to be in there. No, there's no little deal about leadership. Doesn't mean we don't need leaders. We do. But right now, this is to the body of Christ. And there's many different areas. Worship arts, absolutely. Technical arts and creative arts. And you go, whoa, what's going on there? Well, we're going to be running two different worship spaces. We, we've got things to plan and things to do. We've got creative ideas. I'm on, let's see, what's the site called? Worship. Worship Design Church, worshipdesign.com. I don't know what the thing's called, but I'm up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning getting excited. I'm telling you. I'm just like, yeah, oh, yeah, we can do, we can do this and that, and, and we'll play that song and, and do that differently. And I'm showing, texting Mark. He's like, leave me alone. I'll come in tomorrow at 10. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, it's 2. Okay, that's cool. Welcome experience. Majority of you are going to fit in there. Parking. Helping people find a seat, information, walking people through the facility. Because when we're in the new place, people are going to go, well, I don't know where to go and where do we drop off kids. And you know what? We're going to walk people around. We're going to have shirts on. It's gonna, you're going to go, whoa, shirts. Yes, shirts. Lanyards. We've got to get organized with this. Why? And you go, no, no, I just want the small little church where everybody kind of knew everybody. This is not that church. It won't be that church. And if you can't bear with that, then you need to leave. And I don't mean because we don't love you. I just don't want you to be upset. And I don't want you to be a thorn in everybody else's side. I don't want you to be grousing all the time because it's not the way you remember. We need your seat. If you're not all in, we need your parking spot. And again, I don't mean that to be crass. I mean that literally to go, if you're here, be all in. But if you can't be, that's okay. Email me. Call me. I'll, I'll, I'll help you find another church. I don't want you to be miserable. I want you to be a part. We have a responsibility here at Family of Christ to lead you. Part of that leading is calling calling you to train you. At least for the next three weeks, yeah, we've got mandatory volunteer classes. After 8 o'clock service, after the 9.30 service, after the 11 o'clock service, you see the times up there on the screen on the next slide. Yeah, they're mandatory. Yep, some of you don't like the word, get over it. Sorry, we have a responsibility, we have to train you, we have to teach you. This is our job as professionals in church work that we are to lift you up. And you go, well, I'm already volunteering. I know. We want to get you on the same page. We want to have you share your enthusiasm with people that haven't been volunteering. We want you to help us recruit and train and be encouraged. Because that's what the body of Christ does. It does. 
You understand, though, to be bold in our faith means that we actually put it into action. That we don't just sit by. In view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices means that we are all in for Jesus Christ. Now as a way to lighten the mood a little bit, I've always loved this, right? I've always loved this picture. I know when it comes from our history and it's a war, but you know what, folks? It's a battle. It's a battle that we have for hearts and minds. It's a battle that says you want to do only what you want to do until encouraged and equipped and trained and pushed and walked alongside. Until the honor and glory is all God's. Friends, my prayer is that you would join. Join us in Jesus' name. Amen. We bow your heads.